0: Welcome to the Pop
1: Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We truly appreciate it. (sighs) We could finally start taking an exhale a little bit. After all the game announcements over the past couple weeks, I think IGN estimated to be closing in on the 500 range about games that were either introduced or showcased off for the past couple of weeks at various showcases and conferences. And basically a whole bunch of stuff that was shown off from PlayStation, from Xbox, PC gaming, Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest, the Indie Showcase. The Dev Showcase, PC gaming, like I said before, Capcom had theirs, Ubisoft had theirs. Seemingly everyone in the past couple of weeks was showing off what they've got coming up for you as a gamer here in the near future. And here today to talk about what he liked and what he didn't like about what we saw in the past couple of weeks. Good man indeed. He returns to us. He is the happy hoarder and the long time fellow host of the pop culture cosmos along with melinda barkhouse ross and my good friend tj johnson it is of course the man who started with me all the way back in 2016 mr josh peterson he finally returns to us hopefully full-time it is always good to see you and hear from you my friend
2: good to be here you know i've been on the sidelines kind of listening to the uh to the show and I find myself wanting to say things, but then I realize that I would just be talking to myself. It's like that that meme they always showed, where like uh, it says, "This is what friends are," and shows the guy like laughing and he's talking to like the four people on the picture. Like this is what podcasting is. Anyways, it's good to be back, you know, and good to actually like talk to you and not talk to my stereo. <laughs> Although
1: you did call me. And told me to mention something on the previous show, and I did just that for Melinda. I appreciate that,
2: and yes, I did hear that.
1: Yes, so I want to make sure that is correlated to you. Your opinion is always valued here, my friend, and it is much appreciated over the course of the many years we've been doing this. But it is the summer of gaming. It is... So much of what we've seen over the past couple of weeks as far as game after game after game after trailer after trailer, sometimes gameplay, most of the time just CGI stuff. I will say, though, that with all the stuff, first off, you know my rant. It's always been there. I'll always end up doing it. If we did all these things, if we made all this effort, if we had all these announcements around June, the end of May and early June and mid-June, why don't we just have an E3?
2: I think E3 has become like Nickelback. You know, like everyone hates Nickelback, but they don't really have a good reason for it. Mm-hmm. So I think that is what's happened to E3. Everyone's like, oh, E3 is such a thing of the past. Nobody wants to do E3 again. Oh, how funny. E3 tried to come back. Oh, that sucks because E3 is not a thing anymore. It's, I don't know. It It doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, here we are. and I, I, here, Here's my theory. It's cheaper to do something outside of E3s. Because from what I understand, it costs a butt-ton of money to have a booth at E3. Especially for, yes. like, Xbox, Bethesda, and, PlayStation, and Nintendo. So I understand and I get that. From, yeah, from a financial standpoint.
1: But still, I mean, just seemingly the way that all this was carried about they tried to organize it they tried to go ahead and make sure everybody's aware of it but you could only do so much and again for the most part 99 percent of this this is just going straight to gamers which is of course the base that you want to go ahead and do with e3 though e3 always brought it to a larger wider audience bring it to the individuals, not only within the gaming spectrum, but to those who buy games that are not regularly part of the gaming spectrum as well.
2: Yes, this is, this is very true. That's um, where you
1: have a disconnect.
2: Is you y- yeah. About. Yeah. So E3 was, I think E3 kind of lost, and we've talked about this before, but I think E3 kind of lost its uh, pizzazz when they started letting the public in to the show, because, um, you know, you have people who work for publications having to wait hours in line to talk to people to try games. I was just it's too, It got so crowded, and uh, I think that's what turned a lot of people off from wanting to participate in E3, because, you know, originally it was meant to be a press show, and not a fan show.
1: I guess so. But still, it's kind of irritating over the past couple of weeks. It's just all this stuff. And it just seems like it's just all haphazard, just thrown together. So it would have been nice if it was just put together a lot easier. Whoa. Uh, DJ says it was too easy. It's definitely cheaper. But do you garner the same pop when presented? Exactly. Very good point, said uh, Jamie, as far as DJ is concerned. Very good point. You know, it just doesn't have the same je ne sais quoi that it once did
2: no it doesn't i remember like sitting there every year you know before you and i even you know started going to e3 i remember sitting there on my computer waiting for these conferences to come on what's and it was like christmas it was like christmas you know and it, that i would ride that wave until all the games came out unless it was um you know a final fantasy game in which case i'd have to wait 13 years to play it
1: Absolutely.
2: Speaking of Final Fantasy, oh boy, as our resident
1: Final Fantasy expert, as I already spoke to TJ and Melinda about that you are, you're going to have to decipher the code because after watching Fast X last night and trying to understand that in the context of the larger Fast and Furious uh uh, overarching uh livelihood i think that you're just going to have to go ahead and and, you know something similar in final fantasy try to figure that out as well but i will say my friend it is the pop culture cosmos it is josh peterson and gerald glassford thanks so much for watching listening again i cannot name off all the different conferences and showcases that were shown off and showcased over the past two weeks i mean we're talking about 500 games total I'm going to go ahead with you, my friend, and hear your thoughts on the ones. Yeah, exactly. Good luck on that one, DJ. Yeah, because it just seemingly, every time you would turn around, oh, there comes another showcase. Here comes another developer showcase. Here comes another publisher showcase. So I just, I don't even want to waste my time with it, but anything outstanding appealed to you first and foremost that stuck out in your mind amongst all these 500 games or thereabouts that were announced or shown off this past period of two weeks or so.
2: So I am uh, actually particularly impressed by the sheer amount of games featuring cats as uh, protagonists. Uh, mainly, uh, Cat Quest, Pirates of the Peruvian. I'm ready to play that one. Right, meow. <laughs>
1: I'm
2: sorry, that was. Uh,
1: he brings the puns back.
2: Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, all right, so yeah, l- yeah, no. I mean, if you notice, there, there's like this theme here where like they keep showing these games. I know you talked about this with TJ, but like they show these games, there's no like particular release date announced for any of it. So, as far as I know, the only games that are releasing this year are Final Fantasy, um, Street 16? Fighter 16. Yeah, you Street gotta Fighter, be clear uh, on which
1: Final Fantasy you're talking about.
2: Yes, Final Fantasy 16. I know Rebirth is uh not till... uh ah, nice, DJ. Nice. Um, I know, yeah, Rebirth is not till first quarter of next year. But yeah, I just know Final Fantasy 16 and Forza are the only two games that had like solid... Yes, these are coming out in 2023. Other than that, everything else... Like vague 2024 and beyond, so
1: Starfield, though, that's another Star, one,
2: right? Starfield, but what are we like? What are we expecting here? Like, yeah, there's a lot of cool trailers, but nothing that I feel confident I'm gonna get to play anytime soon. And Assassin's Creed Mirage, I think, comes out this year, yes, but, yes, yeah. What, what, am, what am I gonna get to play this year? That's I the mean, big question here. Besides, well, let's start games. off
1: on the PlayStation because it was a couple okay. weeks in the review mirror. Uh, anything stick out from there. Spider-Man 2. I know a lot of people are looking forward to. It looks good. Does not look leaps and bounds over its predecessor, but it doesn't necessarily have to. After being considered one of the best superhero games in video game history.
2: Yeah, actually, that looks. Um, it looks great. You know, you, you kind of, if you played the first one, it's an open-world Spider-Man game, and it's full of, uh, full of, um, you know action adventure things like that it, web it's slinging web slinging web slinging fighting villains it's that's what you're gonna get and i think we're gonna get just more of the first one but i don't have a uh, i don't have an issue going back to that world because i did enjoy that game
1: tj johnson says phantom blade looked really good to be honest uh, and he you know how in the episode we just did how uh, fervent he was on the side of xbox over playstation but he he will admit phantom blade did look good but then again you know well that's coming down the line uh, it's still quite a bit of ways Uh, you know
0: playstation
1: does not have as much setup for the short term as i would have hoped plus the fact that we saw a lot of cgi you know we saw a lot of cgi trailers throughout that's That, to me, is, I think, is a sin above all sins. We don't see enough gameplay trailers. I get that. I understand that, and I know that's the fault of the industry. But we saw a ton of CGI-only trailers in the PlayStation conference, and I thought that was a big mistake.
2: Yeah, that's something PlayStation has been notorious for. But, you know, Xbox did that a little bit, too, for a while. Uh, wow, they still it, did
1: it to an extent uh, too much to my liking here as right,
2: well. Right. Right. Looking at fable feature. That was the guy from the it crowd, right? The guy from the uh, fable trailer.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's right. Um, all right. Sorry. Getting back to PlayStation though. Alan wake Two. you know, I'm a big fan of the, the first game. Uh, I I don't know. Like they, the skipping protagonist that hasn't really worked, you know, going back and forth. That hasn't really worked in a lot of games before. Like, uh, namely i look at halo five, right. And it's not, um, definitely not uh didn't didn't work so well in his favor so i am excited about alan wake 2, but i don't know how that's going to play out uh final fantasy 16 like i said uh i'm excited about dragon dragon's dogma too like that's a that's a franchise that, think one,
1: that one stuck out to me
2: yes. it did stick out but it's been so long since dragon's dogma one came out do you think that this is something people are really you think it's going to pull in like non-fans of the original
1: No, Dragon's Dogma was a game that was uh, pretty good, pretty well received. Didn't do super great, uh, you know, as far as dollar wise, but did did okay. And the thing is, uh, it it was actually much better, in my opinion, than what the actual reception for it was as far as, you know, amount of dollars. I thought it had a lot more spirit to it than I think, uh, and it deserved a little bit more of a look. But going back to Dragon's Dogma, I'm really happy about it. It looks even better. I don't know how much larger and more expansive it is. I hope it will be, much more so. I know that I was disappointed when I heard Avowed is not going to be as expansive as I was hoping it will be. But, you know, those type of uh, mythical, quests type uh, fantasy, those type of games uh, appeal to me greatly. And I'm looking forward right. to seeing Dragon's Dogma once I get a hands-on. it. Hands on.
2: Yeah, and and, you know, we'll talk more about Avowed in a minute, but I think with Avowed, I think the point is to try to get people to dive further into the Pillars of Eternity um, mythology with that one. All right. So I'm like the, the trailer came around for foam stars. All right. And I looked at that. Everybody's talking about foam stars. Does square want to lose money? Like, is this just a, are they playing a joke on us or is this real? And it turns out that it is in fact very real. So uh, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, does this game need to be something
1: I don't think it needs to be something, but obviously it's trying to take in the the you know same kind of crowd as Splatoon, and it's Splatoon.
2: Splatoon. People like Splatoon that much.
1: Yeah, not to that extent. We thought it was going to be at the time you and I started talking about it when it first debuted. It thought it was going to be possibly that next big thing, you know, for Nintendo. But ultimately, it never reached that level. It's reached the level where you know they keep making sequels and. And sequels but when you're talking about the backbone of nintendo no one's talking about splatoon
2: yeah yeah it's not and, um, and foam
1: stars is just going to be a playoff of that which i think you're going to get residual returns off that
2: well it's kind of like the uh what do you call it the big battle arena games you're they're a dime a dozen right for a while and then now nobody really talks about them anymore so yeah I don't, I don't, I just, I don't understand why this game exists. It like, it just, my mind does not comprehend it.
0: You're
1: listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. I'll tell you what, though, it's still (laughs) so many games just blew me away to see how many games and titles were either announced or shown off. I just think it got to the point where, you know, we always talked about this in E3, where so many games get shown off during that period. It becomes too much of an overload and, you know, so many titles get washed through the mud, so to speak, and get forgotten about real easily into this wave and tide of games being announced one after another after another we've always said that with e3 i actually think with the loose structure of how it's been over the past couple weeks and that they all wanted to do the same thing around the same time i actually think it got worse not better
2: yeah that's uh i mean that's that's a fair point uh yeah it's there's and this this was bound to happen like with all the the just the indie landscape, this was bound to happen. There's going to be just an overwhelming amount of content to play at some point. And here we're seeing the residuals of that. One more thing though, that was announced at the PlayStation conference that I uh, am kind of excited for Revenant Hill by the glory society. So this is the company that made, well, this, the company they were before glory society, they did a night in the woods. And that was actually one of my, that still is one of my all-time favorite games. So if you like those like narrative adventure type games, um, you know, Night in the Woods is great. Revenant Hills, hopefully, going to be more of that, but they didn't really show too much of it.
1: Absolutely, it looks pretty promising. But overall, your thoughts? I know TJ and I were not high on the PlayStation conference overall. PSVR2, uh, you know, someone and uh, you know TJ and I are going to go into depths on this one of these days on virtual reality, because he wants to uh, go ahead and, and maybe uh, share his thoughts on a little bit more in detail and try to convince me, which he won't, to look more fondly into the VR marketplace. And how can I with Meta and PSVR 2 and Oculus and now the ultra expensive Apple Pro that's coming out at $3,500? So I'm really not really interested in PSVR, but I know they obviously debuted a little bit of that even more to showcase some games off of that. PSVR2 was showcased quite a bit, but overall I just thought it was a disappointing conference. I gave it I think in the C range from what I remember. Your thoughts on the PlayStation conference?
2: Yeah, I mean I, I gave it like a like a B B minus. I the 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 PlayStation VR looks cool, but it's not, you know, they're you know like TJ said Oculus is definitely probably a better option right now for vr you know or you can dish out a disgusting amount of money and buy one of those fancy new apple headsets
1: uh, that's still kind of disappointing to me as far as if you're focusing on it i think again for such a small marketplace as vr is right now yeah. You should not be investing and looking into it as much as you are. People, they, they should not be. Just think if they spent and allocated all this money for VR into actual better gaming and better games for each of these manufacturers. Wait, what? For instance, let's say, okay, let's say like this, as far as for PlayStation. What if they just ditched the PSVR 2 and actually applied all that money they're spending on PSVR 2 to more actual games for the consoles and the resources that they actually sell. Although they're now actually going to sell a handheld console pretty soon in the not-too-distant future as well. Yeah, what
2: is that? Is that? I, from what I'm, I'm understanding of it, it's just a cloud gaming console. It's yeah. not like they're not going to make specific um, media for it.
1: It's just going to be something where you can emulate your PS5 off similar to what we saw in the previous generation with the Vita that they got rid of so quickly. So,
2: but why, I mean, why don't they just do like what Microsoft's doing and make it so you can attach a, like a peripheral to it and play on your phone.
1: Yeah, that would be too easy, my friend. That would be way too easy and cost less or be able to attach less. And of course, be able to get the little bit more as far as those hardware dollars are concerned. TJ says they are, they just unlocked more CPU resources for the quest through an update. Uh, Hopefully that'll be a big update so that they can go ahead and make it uh, a lot better. But again, putting on a helmet, putting on goggles, it's just not for most people. And it's not going to be for most people as long as this VR market continues the way it is. So I think that's what it comes down to. Do you really want to go ahead and go have those goggles on a predominant amount of time? It just, yeah, it just, there's too many, too many things to go through in order to that.
2: Especially if your living room is full of glass, yeah,
1: <laughs> something like that. Exactly, indeed. But it is the pop culture cosmos, So just my good friend, Mister Josh, the legend, Josh Peterson, along with myself, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching, and listening. Truly appreciate it. I know DJ and TJ are out there, so truly appreciate everything they've done for us and continue to go ahead and have some great conversations with uh, with them coming up as well in the near future. I wanted to go ahead and ask you, though, with the rest of the conferences that are out there, I mean, whether it's from Ubisoft, whether it's from Microsoft, whether it's from Capcom, whether it's the Summer of Gaming, whether it's the PC Gaming Show, whether it's Day of the Devs, whether it's Indie Showcase, whatever that was shown off. Jeff Keighley, Summer Games Fest. Anything else that appealed to you out there?
2: I didn't really watch too much of the Summer Game Fest. I did see the Alan Wake 2 trailer after you pointed it out to me which again like i'm excited for uh i did happen to see some of the ubisoft one i don't know what all these new assassin's creed projects are supposed to be they look cool but uh i don't you know i'm not really holding my breath for a a great experience with those right now but uh, then again they said they're about to be pouring like more resources into these new assassin's creed games so they could be great but also i'm tired of assassin's creed so there's that All right. Then looking at the Xbox showcase, um, you know, Fable, I've what is it? What is Fable? What what has Fable become? They said the era of heroes is over. So what what is the purpose of this game? Like there has to be like an overarching narrative, like a big bad. But I'm just curious what it is and when are we going to get to get our hands on this thing?
1: Is it still going to be done and performed in the mockumentary style that we saw in the trailer, or was that just done for the trailer purposes? So, because I think that gives right. people a false sense of uh, understanding, especially casual gamers who are expecting to go ahead and play through an uh, an office slash Abbott Elementary slash mockumentary mm-hmm. style game, and if that's nothing like that when you pop open the 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 game case and you put the game in or you download it then that's going to be kind of a disappointment for those who are playing it
2: right And plus fable's been dormant for so long so this is really going to have to be spectacular to get a lot of fable fans out of hibernation and into this new world that they have created
1: and of course no gameplay that would be asking way too much wouldn't it
2: right yeah no gameplay they showed us some things that looked like gameplay but it was just a cinematic so that is disappointing let's jump into star wars outlaws though what are you what are your thoughts on this like yeah if ubisoft does do things correctly they do create massive open world experiences um sometimes they're too big so Do you think with Star Wars Outlaws that this is going to be a game that is just exhausting? Like, is it someone like me who has gaming OCD, map OCD, where I have to go and, like, check off everything I see on the screen? Do you think this is going to be that, or is this going to be more of, like, a contained experience?
1: I think it'll be more of a contained experience. I don't think it'll be open world like Assassin's Creed and Assassin's Creed Mirage, which we're going to get. And I know that you were, I don't know if you're looking forward to it, even though you're also our Assassin's Creed expert. Because, again, because you're OCD, I'm not sure if you're looking forward to doing it or if you're looking forward to getting it or not. I've died away from the uh, AC series long after Black Flag, so you're still in it for my friend. So you tell me before we get to Star Wars Outlaws.
2: You know, I'm not really too excited about Assassin's Creed Mirage. I keep wanting to go back and finish Valhalla, but like, I just look at how exhausting that would be, Like, just how daunting it is to sit there and be like, oh, man. I want to know what happens so that I can play Mirage, but I, I'm i like three DLC packs behind. What that's going to take you know probably a good year of my life to complete. So I'm not too thrilled about going into another Assassin's Creed game, especially because I don't like Basim very much. He's not my favorite.
1: Okay, fair enough. But the Assassin's Creed Mirage looked, hey, like Assassin's Creed. What do you and know?
2: Like uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm, like, hiding that. and stabbing and things like that.
1: Yeah, so it doesn't look like anything anyone new to gaming would be interested in if they already are aware of uh, the Assassin's Creed series. If you're, it just does not look like something I think that if you know outside of Assassin's Creed fans that people are going to be interested too much in. But when it comes to Star Wars Outlaws, I think that was the surprise of the entire two weeks is the fact that it was introduced and it was yeah. shown off with a considerable amount of gameplay, which. Again, as much as we trash Ubisoft, and I did the other week with Melinda on where they stood with a lot of their other things out there and how bad that they were doing, I am going to give them props on this one because they they came, they delivered when it came to Star Wars Outlaws, and it does look like something I want to play, especially after Jedi Survivor and Jedi Survivor 2 have done really well with audiences out there
2: yeah this kind of this feels like it's going to scratch the itch that people have who would like a shadows of the empire remake it has uh, that it's, it's very gritty and uh f- looks like it's very fast paced i'm looking at like the artwork for those star wars outlaws and it makes me wonder are we going to see a uh, are we gonna see han solo in here at all or like a shout out to han solo because it's got the same vibe the same not vibe, sorry the same uh fonts as um what do you call it? The uh, solo movie. So that that's kind of what makes me wonder if we're going to see that. Orlando, maybe?
1: Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I definitely am interested by it. I thought it was, uh for me, one of the most, more impressive things. Because again, not only did they showcase it and introduce it, they were ready to showcase and, and play a lot of footage of gameplay on it, which I was very impressed. TJ is saying yeah. uh, that he thinks that... Uh, the latest Assassin's Creed coming out, Mirage will be a return to form, and I'll say, you know what? That's still just Assassin's Creed, and <laughs> and if you're you're either into it or not into it, so you and uh, T.J. look like you're going to have a lot of fun with Mirage there. So we'll see what happens, but I guess uh, for me, uh, you know, also as well, one of the things we need to touch on is uh, uh, something that was showcased as well. I like the fact when I can see extended gameplay looks so I know more of what to expect when that game comes out. And I did like the fact that finally, after a year-delayed release, Starfield from Bethesda Mm -hmm. is finally given some extensive love, uh, some extensive gameplay was shown, you know, the customization, how you can build your adventure, what you can do didn't touch too much on the story which i was glad because it showed what you can do so much about outside yeah. of that
2: as that with any good little benefit. bit well, give you, you a little a, little taste though
1: little taste a little taste of, the, of your group constellation and what you can do and what you can achieve but mainly it showed all the things that you can do in it it does seem to me like a Bethesda adventure where in oblivion and skyrim and fallout you can go ahead and not play along the base campaign go off and have an adventure of your own
2: yeah it looks great Where are they saying there's like thousands of planets out there that over a thousand planets will be will yeah be able to visit. i wonder if there's like we're gonna 10 years from now we're gonna see anyone who said that i've been to all of them
1: i'll tell you what you will see that at some point in time somebody will say that they visited and will be marked down as visited on that no man's sky type deal although this is probably yeah. a game that would have been more i would have liked to see no man's sky develop into something more as this although again josh as i noted to tj the character models still look like they're from 2006 with a
2: <laughs> that's Typical Bethesda. But I don't really think anyone cares about the character model. No, models. no,
1: no, 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 no. The internet cares, my friend. I have already seen the memes, uh, especially so the from the, from the PlayStation fanboys. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, they're full of venom all the time because they're mad that they won't get to play any games for the next 15 years. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Greyskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which
1: chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Greyskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Well, that's where I think it gets the letdown a little bit to me, but... I can easily bypass that if you have a lot for me to do that. I Mm -hmm. think is interesting outside of just, Oh, get this one dude or get this from this one person or get this from this lady or just fetch quests or kill quests. If we do something outside of that, then I'm really in, you've got me, you got me hooked.
2: And I I think it will be that I think it'll be all that and more, Uh, you know, looking at it, it, Does it it feels like it's going to be something similar to Mass Effect because we're you know they show in the trailers that in the gameplay you're looking at like all these old artifacts people trying to figure out where they came from so there's going to be some like ancient threat looming out in the galaxy you're going to have to make some decisions and you know it might cause cost the lives of some of your friends I think it's going to be great it's going to be I think it's going to be better than Elder Scrolls
1: really okay yes well uh,
2: the elder scrolls you know that have come out already i think okay. it's going to be i think it's going to it's going to scratch that itch and okay. it's going to scratch the itch of people wanting more mass effect
1: uh, that i'm sure it will the only thing that though that i didn't see if you're relating it to mass effect was the interaction with alien races you didn't see much of that outside of them being just fodder for your lasers so i want to hear your thoughts do you see interaction with alien races in star in starfield being a thing or is it just mainly just going to be based off of interactions with humanoids
2: there has to be i mean they're 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 truly I i know big claim i'm sorry um But yeah, there has to be aliens out there, whether they existed before mankind went into space or they exist now. There has to be something out there because you know, where else would all those artifacts come from that they're talking about? I
1: agree. I agree. So that's what I'm just asking. Uh, Just again, I think it's going to be their biggest adventure yet, uh, their most grandest adventure. Will it be their best? I'm hoping that that'll be the case because... As you and I know, with all the trouble that's gone on recently with Xbox, they surely need it, my friend. They surely do.
2: Yeah, they sure do. Um, you know, we we talked about avowed. You still excited for that one?
1: I'm not excited, I'm still interested, but it certainly was a letdown from that first trailer with a little bit of uh, gameplay added, you know, three years ago or whatnot. I am still interested in it but it looks completely different than what it was showcased before
2: well remember they did that with borderlands too borderlands supposed to be this serious uh you know gears of war style game and then look what came out and it was good too so you never know it might might be uh pleasantly surprising to you well
1: uh you know when it comes to obsidian i don't want to doubt them too much because they've created so many great adventures with fallout new vegas uh, you know and so many other absolutely great uh, adventures that they've made over the course of many years. And I don't want to be too hard on them, but it, I'm still excited. I'm, I'm still interested. I'm not excited anymore for Val. Okay. I'm just interested in it. So that there's still a level of, uh, curiousness. I still want to be able to go ahead and say, I'm convinced to go ahead and play.
2: Yeah. Um, last, last two games here that I was pretty st- stoked for was, uh, Sinwa Saga Hellblade 2 they didn't really show any game no gameplay on that one but uh it, it's still being worked on and uh this game better be like ma- not massive but like big it better be like a big experience cuz i think i played through the first one in about 6 hours this this better at least be double that with all the development time that's gone into it uh
0: okay
2: yeah i mean i i have I have high expectations for it, which I know can be easily shattered at this point. Looks beautiful. But
1: then again, that's just the CGI, no gameplay. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously if it's based off the first game, it's going to look and sound great, but the gameplay itself is where I think it was lacking in the first one. So I want to see and make sure that that's going to be something when it comes out supposedly in early 2024, that it will come out with the gameplay. Although it would have been nice to have seen just that
2: would have been nice. And I know Ninja Theory is like one of the first developers that Xbox acquired, so you'd think that you know, with all the time they've been spending on it, we would be able to see something by now. But uh who knows what's going on behind the scenes. Uh the the last game I'm really excited about with Xbox is Kanizugami Path of the Goddess. So that one looked uh it's it looked very pretty. A lot of a lot of cool colors on there.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh do you think that's going to be something that's Well, I know with you and your color palettes, the famous color (laughs) palettes comments that you always make, that's something I think that's going to be interesting because, again, with the way that everything's shaped out. I just think, though, that there are games out there that I really think could and should be on a bigger platform. I know some of the games that we saw, like there was over the course of the playoffs, both the NHL and the NBA, uh, Asgard's Wrath uh, 2, which was showcased for MetaQuest. Wouldn't this be outstanding if it was, you know, actually on a bigger platform like Xbox or PlayStation? And if I'm assuming, eventually, it will, at some point in time. But I don't know. When it just comes to VR, getting back to VR, I just don't think the marketplace, the the manufacturers, have much more interest in making and creating this experience than people number the number of people that are actually wanting to enjoy it.
2: Well, I mean, that's what happens with all creative endeavors, though, like you're going to be more excited about it than other people. Then the hope is a word of mouth will build up and other people get excited about it, too. But, yeah, I mean, you look at all these games out here, I, I would be surprised if all of them get at least 100 hours of gameplay.
1: Okay one last thing i want to touch on before we head on out my friend and that's the fighting games because you know street fighter 6 just came out to extendedly great reviews we've got mortal Kombat 1 which is coming later this year i believe in september if i'm not mistaken tekken 8 was also showcased off a little bit they're going to do some tests i don't think it'll be coming out this year 2024 probably at the earliest but still the fighting game genre is still going strong with two of the biggest titles ever to the fighting game industry. Your thoughts on what you've seen so far from SF6, which had more announced DLC and other stuff coming along the way, which they announced during all these you know different conferences. And then also as well, MK1, which was given an extended gameplay look, its new cameo features, and its overall rebooting of the series in a way.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, my feelings about fighting games, I respect people who can play them. I'm horrible at them. They're fun to watch, but I don't really play too much. Uh street fighter six was going to be, uh, or could possibly still be the game that gets me to pick up another fighting game. I have been walking by it at the store for weeks, not weeks. Sorry. I know it just came out, but you know, recently been walking by it at the store, looking at it and be like, ah, oh, just do i want to pull the trigger here i might wait till black friday uh it it looks great looks great like it it looks like it could possibly revolutionize the fighting um the fighting game genre as for mortal Kombat, uh it just looks like more mortal kombat to me i do uh, i'm curious so i want to see more of it curious to see like what their story mode looks like does it is it strictly just fighting or are they going to try to branch out a little bit like street fighter has? well
1: if if you taken a look at some of the extended gameplay for it it's not just a fighting one-on-one type scenario they do have outstanding hubs they have a, a, one of the best training hubs ever for video game fighting and they do have a campaign that you can go through with a full storyline which i guess is a thought of it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek which is probably one of the weaker part aspects of this game but still the fact that you can go through improve your skills and talents based off of ai that they throw at you and bots that they throw at you during the course of this campaign which can actually make your reaction times a little bit quicker and help you learn your moveset a lot better to prepare you for when you go out there and face off one-on-one
2: yeah yeah that those look cool. I don't know. Like, do you think after all these years that Mortal Kombat? I know is like one of the best fighting games of the past couple of years. Mortal Kombat 11. But do you think after do, it's all? I'm the these-
1: Blanca there for uh, for Devotion, who's uh, loves Blanca out there.
2: I <laughs> uh, just. Do you think? Do you think that um you know Mortal Kombat has enough fan base to carry it through the next ten years?
1: I think so. I think as long as you, that IP is already, what, it's gone through 13, 12 iterations already, my friend, and this will be the number 13 one. So I have a feeling that, you know, it will probably be not selling as well as FS SF6 because I think SF6 is going to sell really strong because of the advanced word and the good word of mouth for the rest of the year. But I think if, even if MK1 sells even decently, I think that's a good sign. You're going to see both these main titles in the fighting genre around for years to come.
2: Yeah. I I, I would love to see like a Mortal Kombat versus Tekken versus Street Fighter, like a, a, a game where all three, the, the three bigs go at it with each other.
1: Good luck on that one. Get over here. Yeah. I can <laughs> see him saying to Zongi for Blanca just, yeah, just going from there, but I'll tell you what, my friend, it's been great chatting with you on exactly what we liked. Uh, Anything you really didn't like from these conferences that stood out to you the most?
2: Nothing I I have a particular disdain for. I was curious, though, we are missing, uh, you know, Xbox was missing Gears and Halo. Uh, Everyone was expecting, like, a Halo DLC announced. Yep. Uh, PS5, everyone was uh, expecting some kind of, like, uncharted reveal never happened so i don't know it just feels like a lot of the big franchises which could be good have been pushed to the sidelines for these smaller experiences which could be a good thing could be a bad thing who knows
1: well i'll tell you what before we go there then i didn't really have anything i really th- you know want to poo on there's stuff i just won't play or not play That's just just the way it is but i will say though that clockwork revolution i don't think that tj and i touched on it Uh, i think it was the only game that we didn't touch on really too much from nxl at the xbox showcase i think that has a nice look of what we saw with bioshock uh, with when they went to bioshock infinite about the cloud city type deal it is more steampunk based and i really uh thinking that might be good we'll see what happens although we've seen slip ups in the steampunk world before so i'm hoping that that actually will come to fruition as a good game but overall 500 games or close to it were announced or shown off in some form or fashion i think star wars outlaws is going to be out of everything i think that was the game of the entire period for me which game was it for you
2: It was actually also, for me, it was Star Wars Outlaws. And that might just be because I am playing uh, Jedi Survivor right now. And Tears of Joy, thank you for noticing the chaos of my environment. It's what happens when you have kids. Nothing ever gets to go where it's supposed to.
1: I will say this, though. When it comes to Star Wars, for me, it was just the fact that they put it out there and they backed it up with a whole bunch of gameplay. Yes, they gave you the CG trailer and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. But they backed it up, not only in the, in the presentation that they were part of, but they had their yeah. own presentation where they showed you a lot more. So I think yeah. that uh, yeah. it's going to be, yeah, I just, I, that's why. I just, I really think that was uh, the reason why it stood out to me the most. But my friend, it's always great to talk to you. My longtime fellow host of the Pop Culture Cosmos since 2016. It is Josh Peterson. But before we go, my friend, <laughs> it says, hey, Cheryl, what's for dinner tonight? We already had it uh, some raisin canes and don't even get me started lifted because raisin canes we bring back home the nice 25 uh, piece platter that's going to set us for the next couple days and guess what they forget the raising cane sauce in it.
2: Oh my gosh, you that's the only reason people go to raisin canes. I uh, love it. I only go there for the sauce. I'll get like six extra sauces so I can put them in my, in my refrigerator.
1: I forgot to put. I complained. I called. I said, "Oh well, would you want to come back now?" I said, "I'm 20 minutes out of my way. I'm not going to do it."
2: You See, just, uh... I get that struggle. I live out. I live in the in the country in Texas, and it takes me 20 minutes to get anywhere. So when I go to McDonald's and they forget my sauces, I like, I'm depressed for the rest of the night.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. My
2: whole family was
1: depressed. We ate or we just like nibbling on the, t- uh, blah, blah, blah. how about some ketchup? Uh, I don't like ketchup. Mustard. Ranch.
2: Right. These fast food workers, I don't understand like they hold people's mental health in their hands and uh, opportunities blown, you know?
1: Absolutely. But before we head on out, my friend, you do have to give us an update of what's going on with your awesome venture and your awesome business. The Happy Hoarder at happyhoarder.com.
2: Uh, things are going good. We just got some some things in stock. Uh, we have moved over to Whatnot as a platform, so you can catch some of our uh, uh, streams on there. And, uh, you know, we're going to be doing some conventions coming up here. We'll be at Colossal Con in Texas here in the Bell County Comic Con. But, yeah, check out our website, com. we got a bunch of stuff in stock. I'm about to add a pre-order section on there, a bunch of cool new Funko Pops coming out if you're into that. And uh, yeah, just keep uh, following us on Facebook.
1: I was going to ask if you could pre-order the Starfield case, collector's case, with the watch that you get in the game that actually you can get a physical watch for it as well.
2: Uh, I have not gotten access to video games yet, but I'm working on it.
1: Fair enough, fair enough, my friend. But it is the Happy Hoarder at happyhoardercollectibles.com. I appreciate so much you stopping by, my friend. Always looking forward to some more great conversations with you each and every time out right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford. Thank you for so much. Thank you so much for watching and listening. It's truly appreciated. Tell you what, it is halfway down already in the year. The year is flying by zooming 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 I see. <laughs> and i'll tell you what it you know just with all the stuff that has been taking place for the past few months in the world of television all the mm-hmm. shows that have gone mm-hmm. on that have really captured the spirit and the eyes of the viewers out there i figured we'd do a little bit of a catch-up on what we think is the best of so far in 2023 and of course there is no better person out there to go ahead and let you know her thoughts on the best of 2023 so far. Mm-hmm. So, far. so far. Then, my good friend, indeed, you got to go ahead and check her out today, along with her awesome daughter at the Mother Daughter Ish podcast. It mm-hmm. is Don Fobbs. And, Don, great to have you back. I know Thank you and you. I have like these ever uh like ships passing in the night i think i already said <laughs> on the show just like okay you're busy here i'm busy there i'm yeah i'm in the pacific northwest on vacation i come yeah. back you know and all the stuff goes on and want to talk to you but you're real busy we're finally together to go ahead and talk yes. the best of 2023
0: We are finally together. I'm so glad I was able to be here. We just got back from Tennessee with my travel group, and we had a ball in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. So I'm glad to be here because I don't like to miss. I I get excited talking about these different, you know, shows. Well, I'll tell you what. It's always great
1: to have you here talking television. (laughs) You you ready? I'm always ready.
0: They're going to use AI for everything. They're not yeah. going to worry about it. They're going to go AI on everything. It's going to be dynamic. It's going to be different. It's going to be kind of silent like it is right now where we know there's a strike going on, but it's not a big hoopla. Like my mom just told me the other day, oh, that's still going on? And I go, yeah. I said, you won't miss anything because they're going to AI at all. I don't think they'll reality TV us to death like the first time, but I think they're going to just take AI and say, you know what? You want to go on strike? Go ahead. We can now use it. Because all the conversation in the last year has been about ai why not usher it in right now they're going to save tons of money if they don't really care about the strike those folks that are on strike if they want to use some of the independent people they can do that it'll be just fine trust me bad for those who you know work and do that particular type of job but i'm i'm telling you because they're already using ai now so to be able to use it even more to be creative it's just going to happen i mean
1: We'll see. We'll see. But if the Screen Actress Guild go on strike, AI can't replace that. No No. amount of AI can't replace that. We've seen already the Uncanny Valleys and things of that nature as far as it's not quite there yet. Right, right. Uh, That latest Robert Downey Jr. commercial, uh, you know, that's not quite... Looking like Robert Downey, yeah, right, right, why, right, uh, yeah, it's getting better, but it's still not there yet. So, right. I think if the SAG, you know, I guess
0: the Screen Actors Guild, goes on strike, I think that's something that would throw everything out of whack. We'll see what happens, but they have been talking a lot about that. I've seen maybe a handful of posts about it as of a couple of weeks ago, so it's kind of like we'll just see what happens. And, um, I just Man, I I I don't
1: like any of it, you know? I hear you, my friend. I hear you. But it is the best of 2023 so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I know there's been a lot of good things on television (laughs) that has been presented, either in a broadcast or streaming or cable format. It's been a pretty good year so far to date. It all started, I think, for all of us in early January with The Mm -hmm. Last of Us on HBO at that point in time. Now you see it on Max as they've reformatted their streaming outlets. Uh, Mm -hmm. Succession has, uh, you know, they ended their series on on such a high note as far as ratings-wise, whether or not Mm -hmm. people loved or hated the ending. I I don't think it's as divisive as, let's say, The Sopranos right?
0: Well, people are trying to say, like, it's the new Sopranos. And I heard that comparison today, and I went, Eh, I "I I don't think think so. (laughs) I think
1: it ended better. I don't think it ended the best way. But then again, it's so hard to close these series out. So, I mean, nobody really has. It's rare that a television show has actually stuck the landing 100%. Right. Get like 80-90 percent, then I think you're good. I think that's what they did with concession Barry also uh finalized his last season. I think that's a very underrated series, and I think Mm -hmm. going to be getting a lot of award consideration as well. Right. when it comes to the best of 2023, who do you have so far?
0: Well, you know, I have a plethora because I am kind of mixed in all of the different TV that I watch, but of course, I'm going to wrap it all up because whatever I say, this is going to trump it. Queen Charlotte from the Bridgerton series won mm-hmm. me over up until this point. Okay. I'm hoping that somebody from Shondaland is listening and they now do the story on the Danberries because I'm all in. I was already hundred percent in, but now I'm like 120 percent in, but that won me up until this point. Now, Something that surprised me on Netflix was a show with Ali Wong. It was called Beef. I was not gonna watch the show, but my kids told me, "Mom, you gotta watch the show. I think you'll like it." And they're like, "The lady on there is, you know, she's good." And I watched it. I, I told my kids, "You're trying to tell me y'all don't know who Ali Wong is? Everybody knows she's a comedian." They were like, "We've never heard of her before." I'm like, "I'm gonna watch it just because she's in it." That one was really good. And like you say, Succession was so good. I don't like the. Sopranos comparison but I like the fact that it's getting so much buzz because people that I know who just thought I was weird for watching it like what's the point of it why is it such a big deal and I'm like if you love business and you love family business you're in if you love because a lot of those actors and actresses we don't really know a lot about them but I like the fact that I didn't know a lot about them I like all the drama and all the Family business stuff and all the sneaky little this and the secret. I loved all of Who has this. the power? If you Who like has- that, then you'll love it because that's what it was all about. And and I like the suspense of who's going to get the company? Is the dad going to really do this? Is it, like, I liked all of that for me. And they've been on a high for a long time. They kind of give me the same nostalgia and excitement that I got when I used to watch Billions. Remember Billions? I do. I love billions. Secession kind of won my heart over, you know, from from not from billions or anything like that, but just kind of like took me in under that. You know, that that's kind of what I liked. And like you say, Last of Us, that really went out and brought us into the new year with a a really, really, really good bang. So those were kind of like my now listen. I think this show jumped the shark for me, but I'm going to have to give it another shot to decide. You, Y-O-U. Yes. Number one was great. Number two had me in. Number three had my attention big time. Um, The last one, I had to watch it twice because it confused me. I had to watch it twice because I didn't understand I had too many. And I've got more than three questions I need to watch it again. It didn't give me the, oh, I can't wait till next season came out. It didn't give me that. And I think what happened is that they wait too long in between the time that they show from one to the next and so i just i have to almost every time on you i got to go back and watch the last three episodes of the other season before i can remember because it's been gone for so long and now they're also doing this with stranger things it's off too long by the time it comes back i gotta go and watch the last three or four seasons just to figure out where i am with it and if i still like it and all that but again Over everything I saw this year up till today's date, Queen Charlotte, the Bridgerton um, story caught my attention for so many reasons. I love the drama. I love the power. I love the sneakiness. I love the who did what and who did who. (laughs) I love it all. The stories are told so awesomely that I just can't wait to learn more about the whole crew. Like, I want to now know everybody's story, but I hope that she does the Dan Barry story next because that one there, the way they kind of presented it to us made me really want to know more. I loved every actor and actress that was in that particular one. Um, Yellow Jackets, of course, you know, season two, you know. It, it, it,
1: season, season two was I guess you could say it pretty good, which is yeah. uh, uh, not quite what it was in the first season. That's
0: yeah. why I said pretty good, you know, because when it starts doing that, it makes me nervous because when I like a show and I want to see it continue just to see where is it going to go. But when it does things like that and you start hearing different things, it's like, are they going to get rid of it? What are they going to do with it? Is it going to land somewhere else? I start getting nervous because I don't really like losing my shows that I like. Like right now, they announced that bridgerton was done i'd cancel my netflix that's how serious i am i'd be like okay i'm done i don't even care about anything else on there there's a few things that keep me coming back over and over and over again and um, bridgerton is one of those shows that are that are on there but those are my top ones for 2023 i'd love to hear what your top ones are because you're all into the star wars and trek and all of that that Absolutely, type of thing. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Strange New Worlds, as we're talking about this, is going to debut its second season as of this weekend. That we're going to be talking, and uh, we, I have not world. seen it. Okay. Right. I think it all starts and stops for me with, of course, The Last of Us so uh, okay, poignant, yeah. Yeah. so emotional. And I think that, as I've said before on the show with you, and also with Melinda mm-hmm. and with TJ Johnson. Uh, I think that it is the greatest representation of a video game live adaptation ever in entertainment history. I really think that it is just that well done because, you know, video game live adaptations have been in the past uh, so haphazard, so bad in many ways you'd go and you see it just the makers would never put the time and energy to create the spirit and embodiment of what the game is all about. It was just Mm -hmm. a cash grab for, most of these publishers that say, go mm-hmm. ahead, inter- entertainment, go ahead and make it. And then they make it. And it's really bad. And there you go. It's right done. And, and the annals of history forever as something lame. So video game adaptations have never gotten a good rap until mm-hmm. now. Uh, the The close relationship between the partners at HBO and also Naughty Dog, which created The Last of Us in the video game world, has okay. really just created this this ambiance of the last of us that even if you have played the games mm-hmm. and they know exactly what's going to go ahead and come up next you're still excited and looking forward to it and they managed to go ahead and create a balance between honoring those who played the game but and also entertaining yeah and yeah. entertaining those who didn't mm-hmm. and providing some really really poignant episodes and i know uh, this month is pride month that we talk. On, and I think that the third episode, mm-hmm. I think it told a very good love story and it told it very poignantly. And I think it's one of the best episodes of television this year. Wow. I really think that that one's going to go ahead and, and get a lot of nods. But the series itself was really, really good from beginning to end. And whichever, if you don't like that aspect of it, you will still like other aspects of the television series. The fact, you know, it is very violent. Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. the video game Mm -hmm. and it doesn't hold back from those those tropes and i'll tell you what it's it was definitely worth watching uh and i think it's still a little bit above secession for me and a little bit above barry and a couple others i still think it's the best show on television this year so my friend some great thoughts as always but before we hit it out you've got to give everyone an update on the mother daughter ish podcast
0: Well, I tell you, we are preparing for our first mother-daughter brunch that we are having September the 2nd here in Houston. I'm having a ball meeting so many great people and telling them about the show and seeing how we can get them involved, talking with sponsors and all kinds of things. But we're having a good time now. This summer, we're going to be doing a lot of traveling. So I'll be gone more than I'll be here, which is a great thing for me. But do not count me out. I want to still be here with you.
1: I appreciate it as always, my friend, but got to go ahead and check it out today. It is a mother-daughter-ish podcast. It is a great show, and I've listened to quite a few episodes. I'm really Mm -hmm. thankful that I did, and I hope everyone gets that opportunity as well.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and thank you for having me here.
1: Always, always, my friend. As the summer goes on, I definitely want to bring you back for more television talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, of course, with the, I don't know, uncertainty of the fall season and what's mm-hmm. coming up, you know, what's ready, what's done. We'll still go ahead and talk about it Yeah, when it comes about. And if it's news, you know, you and I are going to be talking about it. We're going to be talking
0: about it, especially if something exciting happens. Like, <gasps> did you hear that?
1: <laughs> exactly. Right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.